Ladies, gentlemen, geeks of all ages, you are now entering BJ Shea's Geek Nation. Welcome. Yes, welcome to BJ Shea's Geek Nation. I am the Reverend in Fuego. Across from me is Vicky Barcelona. Hello. We've got the show's namesake, BJ Shea. Yes, you do. And running the boards is Joey D. Hello. I think I figured out why BJ's been here so much. Why's that? Because the last two episodes we've talked about Star Trek, and today we'll be talking about more Star Trek. Okay, maybe. In addition to that, we'll be talking about some comic books and board games. Okay, I'm here for that too. I know. And of course, the geek sheet with Vicky B. Hello. Vicky. I'm excited. How can people get a hold of us? Uh, get a hold of us via our website, bjgeeknation.com. It's got our blogs, podcasts, and more. 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 <laughs> <laughs> or just search for BJ Shades Geek Nation on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, radio.com, and iTunes, and you will find us. Yes, exactly. Lots of things going on. And like I did mention, we've talked a lot of Star Trek in the last episodes, uh, talking about Kate Mulgrew, who will be coming back to uh, Star Trek Prodigy, uh, yeah. Star Trek Lower Decks. There's a lot of offshoot stuff. Oh my Picard God. is another one. Well, and they're talking about Strange New Worlds, which is a Captain Pike uh, series. That That's they, right. And they had a panel at the Star Trek Day, which was a, an awesome virtual <laughs> online hosted by Will Wheaton. And how about this? You want to feel old? Hosted by LeVar Burton's daughter, Mika Burton. Whoa. Who's a, she's wow. a big cosplayer and also here really? she is now like an official host of uh, Cool Stuff Star Trek. I don't want to pigeonhole her, but has she cosplayed as Geordi? That's like, a good. I mean, I have, she, she kind of has to at that point. I, I mean, I don't want to. Again, I, just like, I hope you don't so. Have to, but I, I think it would be cool. Yeah, I haven't seen much of her cosplay to be honest, but that would be fun if someday she does. Yeah, and so if she already hasn't, right? We do see coming back uh, actually tomorrow. Star Trek Discovery. Isn't that insane? Season uh, three. three. Season wow. three. Wow. And this is the no canon season because they what? are over 900 years into the future of any Star Trek timeline we've known. So at this part, they're literally in uncharted territory, yes. seeking new life and new civilizations, they're boldly going where no person has gone before. Yes. And they're in the, they're in the 34th century, I believe. 900 years. And I think the 24th century was as far as we went with Next Gen and those guys, if I'm not mistaken. So they're like almost a 1,000 years. Peace out. Wow. And so are you guys excited for season three? I am very excited. Joey D's I had a conversation with recently, and I don't know. (laughs) Sorry. So, Joe. Hi. Why are you about it? This is Joey D's recap of Star Trek Discovery. First season. First half, eh. Second half, fantastic. They go to an alternate universe, kind of cool canon that's not really there yet, but is there. It's cool, you know, they take a little bit of each side of uh, of Star Trek series. Second season, they do time travel. Joey doesn't like time travel. (laughs) Really? Because shows never do time travel correctly, which is you don't do time travel because you break (laughs) your own rules, and then when you try to explain it, it doesn't make any sense. So in this third series, all right, I can put my mind aside. That's fine. They've done time travel. They're in the future. Well, the problem is what I've read and what BJ and I were discussing is that this whole season is going to be about a collapsed federation that no longer exists. All right. Well, you know what usually happens when there's a bad future and the good guys are trying to figure out a way to get around it 
and they have a time traveling device. Mm-hmm. They go back to the past. Yeah, the the the, the far far past. Far yeah. far 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 past. And I don't far, think so. Far, far I everything that I've heard is that they are so happy to be free from Star Trek canon because they this has never been done. Which means whatever they do, they're creating canon. Which yeah. means if they travel back into the past, Joe, that goes against everything they said they were excited about, and which I, is not having to worry about canon. I hope that is what happens because I'm going to watch it probably. I'm I you know I'm a glutton for my own punishment for whatever reason. <laughs> but my my thing about it is is how do you do a Star Trek show without ships and the Federation and other alien there is races? a Federation, so it's not that the Federation is completely gone. The Federation is no longer as influential as it was, and it has nothing to do with any big enemy battle. All the characters said is, oh, yeah, uh, the Federation pretty much uh, is in bad shape because the universe took a hard left after what they call the burn. So it was some sort of natural phenomenon that put us in the situation that we're going to see Uh, tomorrow night when we watch the episode called That Hope Is You. That is interesting. You just said the burn in it. Uh, There's an RPG system uh, specifically for a Roll20 called Burn Bright. And what they have in the burn is the fact that the universe is collapsing. And there's this thing called the burn, which is slowly going in and consuming everything. And I I mean, it's just, it's a sci-fi RPG as well. There's many board games I played like that too. So it'd be interesting to see if that is where they're going with that. Because it seems a pretty common trope with sci-fi that they could do that. Yeah. So my question, I guess, about that is when you say a hard left, does that mean that they like the technology all disappeared? Because 900 years of evolution, especially scientifically, I mean, I don't know what your ship's going to be able to do or what anything you're going to be able to do is just in general. See, so yeah, from the trailer I've seen, they've got a cool weapon that seems better than any weapon that I've seen, at least a handheld weapon that seems to be Ooh. able to affect multiple people. And I and, and so I've seen that. I've seen some really scruffy-looking Andorians, the blue-skinned dudes, and there's a trill, and a lot of people are excited because could that be the Dax symbiont? Because those symbionts uh, live for as long as they can live. So oh, you really they, think that they might have that? We're hoping that the, if, if, that's, <laughs> if that trill we're getting to see isn't Dax, that maybe that trill will lead us to Dax, which would be cool because Dax could be alive in somebody else. Why not? And they have to do sort of some sort of nod. They just can't go to 900 years in the future and just be like, Totally, like we're just going to completely remove ourselves from uh, Star Trek canon. I mean, come on. There is an episode that's the seventh episode that people are talking about because it's called Unification 3, which if you remember Star Trek The Next Generation where the Vulcans are trying to help the Romulans get together again and Spock was a part of that. Mm-hmm. The, it was a two-parter called Unification 1 and 2 where Kurt, basically oh. Picard uttered, no more cowboy diplomacy. That was uh, one of the, basically <laughs> referring to Kirk and Spock's time with their <laughs> cowboy diplomacy days. Uh, which I thought was a great line since basically the original Star Trek was a basically Western and outer space. Oh, yeah, absolutely. So I love that Picard's line. So people are like, oh, my God, Unification 3, what does that mean? Is that a thing? Is that Mm -hmm. a... Of course, I believe it means that whatever races have survived and the Federation is in bad shape that, you know, Michael and the cast... You know, because you think about it, if there was any history that they had, if they redacted every bit of knowledge about Star Trek Discovery. We saw that at the end of season two. Like, nobody knew of its existence. Everybody lied about it. It never existed. So that's why we never heard about it at all in previous Star Trek shows. Well, what if somebody figured it out and like, oh, my God. So they flew into the future. When And so you've been waiting for them. Like, you know, you yeah. go, okay, maybe these guys will help us put the Federation back together. I get that vibe. Like, maybe somebody was finally waiting for Michael Burnham and the Discovery to show up uh, with this interesting technology. Remember, 
they have this artificial intelligence on Discovery that was from from that uh, big satellite thing, like the, whatever they call it. I the evil remember. intelligence, right? Yeah. yeah. Well, no, it's not the evil intelligence. It's what they thought the evil intelligence was trying to get a hold of. All the knowledge of, I forget the name of the big yeah, ship. They yeah, came. I remember that, yeah. So that ship had tons of technology that was supposedly older and even better than what the Federation had. So Discovery's not just a ship from the past. They got some cool stuff in their memory banks. Nice. So it, it may be helpful, even 900 years in the future, the stuff that they have in that ship. So we'll, <laughs> so we'll, we'll Yes, that's how it's going to work. So we'll see. <laughs> we will absolutely have to see. I cannot wait to hear how excited BJ is for this and then... Joe's reaction. I already it, it, told him that if I take a drink every time there's a tear, I'll well, be drunk by the first 10 minutes of uh, the show. So I can't that. wait. That you can't stop. You know, and I wish people would stop complaining about, I'm tired of Michael Burnham lecturing everybody. This is not her show. It's like, no, actually it is her show. Yeah, she is the main is, right? character. Oh, I don't yeah. mind that. That's yeah. fine. She can do whatever she wants. She can Janeway it up as much as she wants. It's great. I just would like not every episode to have someone break down in tears because they have an emotional problem on the ship. I get it. Yeah. It's hard. It's tough. Let's move on to the storyline. Yeah. <laughs> See, I think you're going to have to deal with that because there's no crying in space travel. Oh, no, you can cry when someone dies. That's fine. You can cry when it's a struggle. But my answer is, I got to tell you, the cheese sandwich I made on the hollow deck yesterday, it just wasn't warm enough. Oh, my God. Yeah. Oh, my God. I'm totally living for Joey doing this accent. <laughs> yeah, keep doing that. Just yeah. keep practicing on that. I love this. Yeah. Uh, moving on from Very that. Very excited for it, though. I can tell. Uh, CBS All Access, and it's, uh, yeah, tomorrow night. Let's talk some comic books, BJ, because Woo! you've been on assignment. I have to imagine you've been reading some comic books. Well, they're back. Uh, you know, for a while, That's a good point. yeah, they weren't being released on a regular basis at all. But it seems like that all of the uh, all the comic book folks have said, "Yes, we're back, we're doing it." And so, yeah, we've uh, we've got stuff. And to start things off, yes, Spider Man, Spider Man, uh, and they seem to be releasing these, as I said, uh, pretty regularly. I'm very excited. Uh, so you can go back to get your stuff. We are at. Um, it's you know, it's so weird how Marvel decided the that they system. don't want to. Yeah, the whole numbering <laughs> thing. But we're actually at. Issue 48, or really issue 849. So we're getting close to the 850th issue. That's when they start, that's when they honor these things, like when the yeah. big anniversaries come up. And then they go, oh no, we only have 49 issues. Wait a minute, you have a lot more than that. So yeah, um, this is a really fascinating storyline about how uh, this, this, this just disgusting character creature thing is really trying to F with Peter Parker and Spider Man in a way. And there's a character called the Sin Eater. Very interesting character because. He basically reforms people. He does things in a really horrific way, but then everybody ends up being cool. And Spider-Man's like, I don't trust him, but it's like, everyone's like, but dude, do you understand that all the bad guys, not only are they not bad guys anymore, but they feel really badly and they want to help. <laughs> they so, feel really badly, guys. So it's like, Peter, what are you, you know, Spidey, what are you trying to do? So, But Spidey doesn't trust any of this, and he knows it's a deeper plot. You know, a deeper plot. And so <laughs> is the scene eater really who he's supposed to be? And then who's pulling the strings? This mysterious character we've seen from multiple issues. So that's the cool thing about Spidey. Uh, Fantastic Four is pretty awesome, as they decided to show us Hey, you remember that time where Torch quit the FF and Iceman joined? Oh, you don't? No. Well, we'll tell you about that secret oh. story that the Torch never wanted told. <laughs> of course. <laughs> and it's really a fun blast of the past, including they did the artwork as if it was done by Jack Kirby in some spots. It really oh, looked Kirby-esque. Oh, that's cool. They, shoot, they used the old Zipatone styles where they didn't have the beautiful printing process they the have dots. now, so they have to use the dots. Yeah, I love so those. You'll see those in some of the panels. Um, I loved it a lot. Paco, uh, Paco Medina is a... Uh, I really dig his Fantastic Four artwork, and 
Uh, we lost Joe Sinnott, who was a great anchor, and he was so responsible for the look of Fantastic Four all those years ago. And I, maybe a couple of months ago, we lost him. He passed away, and they gave a nice tribute to him. But I think of him and Fantastic Four and all the great artists, and that's why I think, Paco, you got some shoes to fill, but you're <laughs> filling them really, really well. Dan Slott loved it. Uh, it's really fun to see... Uh, the interaction between Sue and Franklin, who's now a teenager, and he has an—he got—he's got his ears pierced because he wants to be hanging with the X Men, and because you know he feels like he's a mutant, so he's got this X Men earring, and his mother's like, "When did you get your ear pierced?" And so to see Sue Storm have this teenage angsty moment, and then eventually he's walking in with dinner, and they're having dinner, and she and she and he goes, "You seem to be cool with my earring," and she goes, "Yeah, I have no problem with the earring right now." And he looks at her, he goes, "You turned it invisible, didn't you?" <laughs> I just love you know just a small exchange like that right? it's like thank you Dan Slott I just feel like he gets the Fantastic Four but he's also modernized it and he's a smart he's a smart writer yeah, has been really, for a really long time love his work yeah he's a really good guy uh, so are those the ones you've been reading those are the, those are the two big ones Oblivion cool. Song is still going on and I hope they make this into a series. I don't know how they could do it because, as you know, uh, obviously Kirkman likes to go all these twisting and turning. And when, who do you think of the bad guys? And then the good guys? And then are we the good guys? Are we the bad guys? And what the hell's happening? No, we're all the Walking Dead. Yeah, and it, this would make a really good series because it starts off one way and mm-hmm. now it's morphed into this. What the hell? Oh, are you talking about like TV vi- vibes or yes, something? Yes. Okay. And, yeah. And also the jumps in time. Like you know, this book has been out maybe a couple. Of, we're in issue twenty-seven. So okay, a little over two years. The book's been out. But we've jumped years, you know, similar to what we saw with The Walking Dead. Kirkman after likes Rick. to do do that, yeah. Yeah, so um, you said do do. Uh, <laughs> and uh, so The Oblivion Song is good. And Ascender, I've talked about that uh, mm-hmm. by Jeff Lemire and Dustin Wynn. Such a beautiful book. The artwork and the story of magic and technology and this little girl on this adventure looking for her father. It's, a, it's such a beautiful story. So pick up Ascender as well, man. Perfect. And uh, don't go too far, BJ. Wait, why, why? What are we doing now? Board game chat. Holy cow, you've been in It's been a while. We don't have the Board Game Alliance right now. And to some emailers, eventually, that will come back. Once we can get people in studio and kind of do that stuff, it's... Yeah, it's, it's a problem because of the yeah. guys that we have come in that would just be in this studio that we can't have in. Exactly. So once everything is safe and we have protocols in place for all of that eventually we'll get that on, but we still got BJ. because I'll do my best. You're still playing a ton of board games. Yes. You're playing it with those guys a lot of the time. Yeah, we've, uh, we, 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 we can have six people, so basically I picked my six people. It really pisses off the rest of the game group. But, <laughs> uh, you know, and, I imagine and, that, yeah. yeah but uh, So we've been getting together, and now we can go to our board game shop. Our governor opened stuff up, so we can go there now yeah, a little bit more. Yeah, heading out at Zulu's. Very excited awesome, about man. Zulu's, yeah, that, and th- that's really fun news. So um, I will try to keep you abreast of certain things because those guys they do a great job telling you about kickstarters and everything mm-hmm. uh this is going to shock you but uh i have a 4x space game kickstarter that's out <laughs> that i hope another you one well this one came out and then they didn't get funding but i'm happy to say the second launch has gotten a lot of funding he updated the artwork and oh. uh, d- did a few other changes and some different things and, and, and made the components look a bit be- look better uh, it's called galactic uh, he- uh, galactic era by cj games and uh, Channing Jones, where the CJ comes from, mm. he is the creator. I believe he's this game's made in Germany. But this yeah. guy has really put in a lot of work from the study of what we believe to be aliens that are around in our own quadrant, in our own galaxy. Okay. So you, and, and he goes, I mean, there's a lot of people that really believe that their aliens are out there, and you might 
read some of the books and think, like okay, Martians and oh, Plutonians and, and lizard pe- lizard people. Always lizard people. Yeah, and, they're and, somewhere. Oh yeah, and the Greys and the the Nordics and you know you got okay, those. Yeah, yeah. So, um, but and his game is really fascinating because you can play as either a light character or a dark character, and you can get points based on deciding when to switch back and forth or just stick with oh, it the whole game. All right. That's a very clever aspect of it, and uh, it looks very well done. You got your tech tree. You go out and you explore in space, and uh, you have hidden uh, you have hidden information when it comes to how big somebody's fleets are, which is always fun. Oh yeah, that that and that's super fun too. It's like when you realize I'm going to take you out, and then uh, you go and maybe to fight them, and suddenly, um, yeah. Uh, a lot more people than you were really expecting, and there's a yeah, and there's a and in some t- cases there's a rock paper scissors mechanic to how you do things in this game, which is actually kind of fun. Really, yeah, if you set it up properly, uh, and um, you know all the cool stuff you get from 4X, including multiple pathways to victory. Maybe you're being scientific. Maybe you're, they even have like a spiritual track. So wow. because there is a spiritual aspect to the a lot of the books that he's read and aliens and all that. So okay, and he has okay. he has videos up there saying, hey, here's where I based this universe on like this there's a re- I actually have some stories that I borrowed from to create my game and I thought all right well this is kind of cool a lot of well, new lot some new agey stuff I remember my wife reading about that he's into <laughs> if you remember was it uh was it sailing away or no come sail away yes he thought they were angels but, but they were really aliens but to his surprise <laughs> yes uh, and that's the so that game is on Kickstarter right now. It's called Galactic Era. Plays one to six players. Nice and uh, very very excited about that. And let me tell you about a game that I think uh, a lot of people have been waiting for. And it's uh, it's it's some of it's out. Not all of it is out. I think it's going to huh? have like eight skillion pieces eventually Uh-oh. when it gets delivered. <laughs> but you can also buy it at Walmart. So oh really? And this is something that folks have been looking forward nice. to for a long time. Called Marvel United, which uh, is a uh, basically it is a it's an it's a uh, really, it's a Marvel dungeon crawl in a way. It's not really a dungeon crawl, but it's your versus the enemy. Okay, it's yeah, a, 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 yeah. Even though the enemy is sort of like the game is the enemy, mm-hmm. uh, you know, you'll have like the Red Skull and people like that. But the, the game oh, runs it for you. Okay, uh, if you played Sentinels of the Multiverse and things of that nature, yeah, uh, you have that sort of idea. Uh, this though involves minis, and the minis are like little chibi looking minis. So they're really? cute, marvelly figures. My buddy painted his. I couldn't believe. I joked with him because he just got it, and I said we had a week, and I said, "Hey, man, you better have all these painted up in a week." And he did. And it. I didn't think that that would happen. All of a sudden, he pulls them all out. And I'm like, "Wow, you are hardcore." Um, BJ, you run a very serious gaming group. Uh, in order to stay in that gaming group and be part of that pod, I think that uh, people are going to be taking your uh, recommendations very seriously. Well, he likes to paint on his own. I don't think I had to really push him too far. Uh, it, it definitely made the game much better playing with all the painted uh, That's minis cool. that he had. Yeah. You, almost every Marvel character you could ever want is going to be in there. Right now, currently, there's some intros. Um, I got to play Dr. Str- uh, no, thing. I'm actually thinking of a different game. Um, I got to play Captain Marvel. Okay. So that was kind of cool because Captain Marvel's got a real... So basically it's this, is that you have your characters and there are zones that are different places like city zones or you might be at Doctor Strange's place or whatever. You know, different Marvel worlds you'll know. And then you have to stop a bad guy and stop their master plan. Okay. And there are people to defeat... Uh, enemies to defeat, the henchmen of the of the villain, yeah. as well as citizens to rescue, and then there are uh-huh. and then there are plots to foil, which will get you special powers if you're on the spots where you foil the plots, and then eventually you try to kill the master villain. It seems almost a little bit like you're talking about dungeon crawls. Yeah, like it would. It reminds me a little bit of like a, a, a Gloomhaven type, or maybe so, like even a Hero Quest at this Much point. Simpler though, and I want to be nice. clear about this. Okay, good. You good, can play good. this with kids because basically oh, it's this. Perfect. You have a deck of. Cards. Cards. 
for the most part, these decks of cards have one of three actions. You either move, you either punch, or you are either able to play a star card, which allows you to uh, basically stop one of these missions. You know, you, you, mm-hmm. you can foil one of their master side okay. missions. And um, it is so easy to play. And the cool thing is, is that you put the cards in a circle around the entire area because you lay your card down, it's gone for the rest of the game unless you have a special ability that gets it up. Wow. And then when the next person lays their card down, they get to use some of your abilities in, oh. in addition to what they get so to kind of it chains kind of yeah goes yeah. through with it wow. so like you know he has a couple of moves great and you can so you talk to each other and go look i i can punch the hell out of somebody but i got to be able to move so whoever plays before me please put down a card that's got some movement oh nice and so you really do have a lot of interaction in marvel united and um it, it also each character has some cards that have their own special power so and imagine the hulk the hulk smashes everything makes sense yeah he's not probably going to help you solve a lot of missions with you know <laughs> He's just going to punch a lot of things. Yeah. And, uh, you know, and Captain Marvel, of course, has an ability where she's like, you know what? I don't have to actually be in the location to punch somebody because I fly and I'm really super powerful. <laughs> Suddenly I'm so, there. Yeah. So I'm going to punch people all over the place. All right. I mean, I mean, not a hero yet, but uh, Thanos? Uh, I haven't seen Thanos in this incarnation. You know what? Doesn't mean he's not going to exist. And I don't. I don't. If you go to to the Kickstarter, yeah, because this is a this is a come on game. So if you go to the Kickstarter, oh, is it really? Oh yeah, and of course, and again, the components are great. Come on, is amazing. That's Um, now okay. That's why I want it. Which is here's really cool. The 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 Walmart version or the the one you could buy at the store. Yeah. You know what? Not the. I mean, the minis are still amazing, but the rest of the components are a little cheaper. But then again, the game's price points like I think thirty something dollars. Oh wow, that's super affordable. Yeah, and then if you want to go crazy, well, that's where the Kickstarter comes in. Yeah, and you could then get a ridiculous amount of minis, probably a little bit better component quality because you're willing to pay for it. I love that Kaman is given this opportunity. Like, if somebody wants to play the game but they don't have skillions of dollars, well, here's a version. Yeah, it's accessibility scaling, it's which is same, perfect. It's which the is the same yeah. game. It's just you know maybe the components are though the minis still are really good looking in the game. It's just maybe some of the other components are like eh, you that's know. that's even a better step than just you would see a lot of the times with like the print and plays or something along those yeah. lines. Like this is even a better step than that and making it accessible for everyone especially if it's a good game for kids like here's the deal like kids I remember having Hero Quest when I was in my early teens we lost a lot of pieces and yeah. it sucked and we couldn't figure out stuff you know you forgot like oh I don't have this one or I don't have a wizard or barbarian or something along those lines when you have a game like this where it's 30 bucks you're not, as a parent, going to feel terrible if you have to go buy another one because they really love the game. Yeah, and Marvel United is really easy. But for adults, you know, um, from what I understand, the more you get in Kickstarter, the deeper the game gets. Right on. But even still, the, the, the beginning game is still fun to play as an adult and then to play with your kid. I mean, come on. And it's Marvel Universe and their little chibis. Yeah. I mean, that's a win for, you know, who doesn't want to play a game with their kids? And yeah. that's the, that's what I love about Marvel United, which is available now. Perfect. And, well, uh, stop playing your games because now it's time for The Geek Sheet with Vicky B. All right, Vicky, what do you got for us? All right. So I believe I talked about this recently that Harley Quinn, the animated series that's on the DC Universe app as well as HBO Max. Yes. We finally got it. Season three. Whoa, We're going to be getting it. Nice. Kaylee ladies and gentlemen. Which is, Talk him with a potty mouth. Yes. <laughs> I've been talking, telling you guys for a while now, like, you need to be watching the show. Yeah. It's fantastic. I, um, once I get done with Titans and Doom Patrol, I think Harley Quinn's next. That is fair. Yeah. <laughs> However, there is rumors that maybe it's discussed right now that there might even be an animated movie. Which really? Which I'd wow. be down for. Huh. So, that being said, though, as you watch the show, because it's, 
Harley Quinn, I feel like, has transpired from, like, she's a bad guy, but I don't think she's a villain anymore, whether it's in oh, the she's, movie. Oh, she's transcended, you mean? Transcended, what did yeah. I say? Well, transpired. you said transpired. And time does, you know, sometimes do transpire in yeah, different ways. Sure why not? Sure. But I, uh, How about Her's transpired. Ooh. You know what has transpired? Her mm. transcension. Oh, okay. there we go. That's, that's what, so, you know what? Yeah. <laughs> and, and you know what? If she was on Star Trek, she'd have a transporter. So, hey, everybody. Right. Hey, hey beam me up, Harley. And Vijay <laughs> actually recently watched Birds of Prey. Oh, and, and that's the thing. You've got, you love uh, Kaylee Cuoco's portrayal in the mm-hmm. animated series, and I think that Margot Robbie did such a great job mm-hmm. as Harley Quinn. It's unusual to have two, the, the same character played by two different people and really dig it. I guess you can think of Mark Hamill as well as Heath Ledger yeah. with the Joker. With the Joker, yeah. yeah. And actually a line in the animated show, she's like, I'm a bad guy, but I'm not a bad person. Oh, that's like from uh, uh, Wreck-It Ralph. Yeah. And Just I because think you're a bad guy doesn't mean you're, you're a bad, bad guy. guy? Yeah. <laughs> but I think that's the best way you could describe Harley Quinn, at least how she's been portrayed recently. She's got mental health issues, and that's what yes. I love about it, which, yeah. of course, it, she was actually in the mental health profession. Well, now we have two solid Harley Quinns. Mm-hmm. We talked about this previously. I say they need to make an Into the Harleyverse. Oh, oh can we have? Great. Well, then I can have like a, like a, like what, like a, a Harley Noir? Harley yeah. Pig? I mean, Harley, Harley Pig. Pig? Harley Pig. I'd pay <laughs> money. Just take my money now. Okay. <laughs> this is ridiculous. Uh, but it actually got me thinking of like people that are kind of either started off as villains or that we thought of as villains and are actually kind of good guys or had a lot of good points. I know a lot of people really loved, uh, was it Killmonger in Black Panther? Yeah. Like he, yeah. he was the bad guy, but was he really the villain? He was trying to do something good, mm-hmm. but he was going about it the wrong way. But right. even he pointed out how um, T'Challa was doing it the wrong way as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And like keeping themselves <laughs> isolated. So it was one of those ones where it was kind of a wake up moment where you realize that you guys are on the, the 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 same path. You're just on the wrong side of the coin. There's yeah. so much about Black Panther that if you really watch it, it's, you know, and there's a movie that was ahead of its time yeah. because of where we are today. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Black Panther is such an amazing movie. And because, unfortunately, the passing of Chadwick Boseman, they have announced that we have a new, quote unquote, Black Panther, and it's going to be his sister, Sherry, Shiri. Oh, I'm Sh- so happy. That's a Which, fact? That is a fact, as according to... This one article I read a while ago. <laughs> I'm going to be honest there. I'm pretty sure it's a fact. But yeah, I'm like, know, everyone but... looked at me funny. So I'm like, uh, maybe I'm not less confident than I was. But she was Black Panther in the comics at one point. Mm-hmm. And I also want to direct you to Marvel Comics, the latest issues. They've got a beautiful tribute to Chadwick Boseman at the beginning of pro- I, probably every issue of anything you buy. I saw it at the beginning of my Fantastic Four, the latest one. Wow, nice. And, and Brian Stelfries has just uh, done a great, great mention of his time with Chadwick and why Chadwick was actually a powerful being, not just an actor. I mean, he he really goes to tell you how he embodied T'Challa, like and, in real life, Chadwick Boseman. It's and, a beautiful, beautiful. And it tribute. doesn't it doesn't just happen in Marvel. Like uh, Todd McFarlane's uh, in the new Spawn uh, issue in memory of ja- Chadwick Boseman, they do the Spawn yeah. cover, and this is Image Comics. Yeah, that's and he really did cool. a very powerful. Like I, I'm getting chills again. Yeah. <laughs> it's 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 it, you, you really like to see something like this, man. Uh, yeah, th- this is the silver lining in losing somebody so young like this. It's a silver lining of 
just how many people are inspired by the kind of man that he Young was. Young and old and yeah. not even just him, the character and the, like the way he portrayed it. It was a really fantastic thing. And to uh, to give you some legitimacy, yes. I did find the article yes. that did say it. Now, obviously, rumors at this point, and we are very far off from a yes. Black Panther movie. I mean, we I was talking with Gareth about the fact that they're pushing back MCU movies mm-hmm. and the schedule is kind of all up in the air, especially now that we don't, I mean, everything right now is up in the air when it comes to entertainment. Entertainment. Mm-hmm. So maybe in the future, maybe oh, in the near future, but I really do hope that it does happen. Because I just read an article about how DC is going all in with Wonder Woman as being live streamed. They Wonder are going Woman. to stream it. Oh. They're going oh. to December and whatever the release date in December was going to be, it will be in movies, and they're also going to put it on demand. They've decided to be, according to this one article, writer said, hey, man, they're going to go all in on the fact that this might be the way you get movies and the DC does not want to be the last one in on this on-demand situation that power, powerful movies, Mm -hmm. action-packed movies, we, I mean. It might be time to get a bigger TV. Because AMC said if things are like this in six months, because we've seen what happened with Regal, AMC has also said in six months if things are still the same way, we may have to close forever. Mm Mm-hmm. Oh, so they're responding to the idea that there might not be feeders to play the movies in. Because I saw Dune get pushed back till late October 2021. Mm -hmm. So thinking that they're going to be able to release next fall as opposed to make money. But if there aren't feeders. But if there aren't feeders. Yeah, Yeah, right? Yeah. And this is. So Marvel's banking on there'll be movie theaters open to make cash. DC's like, I don't think so. We're going to throw Wonder Woman out now. Uh, And side note, there are, I mean, we did get uh, word, obviously, that WandaVision's coming out, I think, a little earlier. But Mm -hmm. apparently, Patton Oswalt has also said that Marvel's MODOK will be releasing early 2021 ahead of schedule. Oh, ahead of schedule. Well, I mean, it's, it's animated. It's, yes. So, oh, okay. like a lot. Yeah. I would, to be perfectly honest, I would love to see Patton Oswalt in a full Modoc costume because that would be stupid and hilarious. Yeah. But, I mean, yeah. animated is way better on that end. He's got to do it for publicity <laughs> to promote the he, movie. He already got dressed up as Doc Ock for his kid. Oh, it was <gasps> a fantastic one. So, yeah. I, mean, I, I mean, why not? Why, exactly. And he is a good looking Doc Ock. <laughs> he is. He does. He reminds he me of the old. Really good, like, he reminds yeah, me yeah. of the old school Doc Ock from yeah. the comics. He really oh, yeah. does. Ooh, maybe this might have to be into the Spider Verse real thing. Right has, uh, there, we go. Thing. I would love to see Alfred Molina come back. Oh God! Wow, yeah. I love Alfred. He's, Molina. A, he's a bit older now. I don't. I know, don't care. But, yeah. It's Alfred Molina, man. He's yeah. he's amazing. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I got distracted because I actually did have an, something I wanted to read, but I did see this. It came out of, uh, recently. Apparently, we have another actor who wants to play Wolverine next. Oh, and he's somebody that we have seen recently, and we have seen his brothers recently too. What? Oh, the Jonas Brothers. No, Joe Jonas. Uh, oh. The Hemsworths. Yes, Luke Hemsworth, whom we saw in uh, Westworld. Westworld. The older one. Yes, he oh. really wants to play the next Wolverine. Oh, how old I, is? Well, when you say the older one, how old are they really? Are I don't they, know. We're talking I don't like know. Thirty-five, just, maybe. He, he just looks older, and maybe yeah. because they he hasn't been through the trainer regimen that the MCU forces uh, Chris to go through. So he is thirty-nine. Mm-hmm. Chris is thirty-seven, and Liam is thirty. Okay, so yeah, he is the older one. How He's, old was Hugh Jackman when he took the role as Wolverine? Was he thirty-nine? I feel like oh, that's a little man. long. Well, I, but see now, Wolverine is supposed to be older in real life, anyway, right? He's yeah. supposed to be like like yeah. he was. He was about three. Wow, really? Hugh Jackman was, was forty three in two thousand. Oh, I lied. No, it can't that was be. in the Wolverine. No, screw no, you. Thir- no, he's about. He was in his thirties because it came out what ninety nine. Mm-hmm. Yeah, two thousand, two thousand one. Okay, first so, X Men movie. So yeah, yeah so he's fifty one this year. Don't ask me. To oh, so, so twenty years ago. Yeah, twenty so years was, ago is about thirty. Yeah, so about yeah. yeah. All right, yeah, so thirty nine is. But, really, but here's the thing, though. Hey. I feel like thirty nine now is the thirty from back then. Well, that's, I, you're probably right. As a man who is forty one, I believe that. Yes. And okay, I, fair I mean, enough. have you seen J Lo and Shakira? 
just uh, I'm putting that out there. Well, fifty well, is the new thirty, and, not for nothing, <laughs> and I am was, a swamp witch. He was I'm not Jack. <laughs> he was not Jack then either. He, he wasn't. Was, no. He was in much better shape no, ten was, years later. Not for some of Jack movies. Man. Yeah. Uh, hey, but I'm gonna change gears and actually get down to what I was actually gonna talk about. Oh wait, that wasn't what you were actually talking about. That's what distracted me. I'm like, I need to talk about this. Shocking. You just distracted yourself with another distraction. All right, what do we got? That was my distraction. This is the actual thing. Because we're going about, uh, you know, people that are kind of villains but are good guys. Well, how about heroes, quote unquote, that are actually the villains of the entire time? Oh, okay. First Ooh. one, I don't think anyone's going to disagree with this. Grandpa Joe and Willy Wonka in the Chocolate Factory. That dude was a jerk. Slaying in bed while his family slaved away and they could only eat cabbage soup in the second that, you know, Charlie wins a gold ticket. I can walk. I can dance. I can do this. He almost mm-hmm. blew it for Charlie, too. Yes. He almost blew it. He was almost it had him fizzy, walk out. The, the fizzy lifting uh, soda, was that his fault? Well, I th- he, I, he basically, I think when, it, when they got caught for that. Yeah. And, and yeah, and, and Grandpa Joe probably thought it's harmless. But then Grandpa Joe was like, you know what? Let's go. Get out of here. That's you don't right. owe him anything. And he finally says, no, I got to give this back. I got to give the gobstopper or whatever the heck that thing was he gave back. <laughs> and that was the final test. And Grandpa Joe almost screwed it up. So one of the things, uh, this one's a kind of like, <sighs> I don't know if I agree with this, or maybe I do. All right, Peter enough. Pan, Peter. He from was Peter the villain Pan. the he, whole time. So uh, well, you know, the in- internet does have lots of fan theories out there. You know, a lot of them don't hold water. Like I believe I read one that said something like, lo- like where he's at and him are just kids that died, and they're kind of like a weird purgatory. Oh, like I think they were unbaptized children, and that's why they never went to heaven or hell, and they're just kind of there. Boy, that's just what the hell. Just goes to show you spirituality all those years ago, so accepting and loving. But uh, so apparently, you know, there's also one that's in the JM, you know, in the book, which is to date has been adapted to ten movies. There's a passage that makes Pan sound rather sinister, and says the boys on the island vary, of course, in numbers, and when they seem to be growing up, which is against the rules, Peter thins them out. But at this time, there were six of them, counting the twins as two. Meaning that he kills the kids that are growing up? Mm-hmm. So he has such disdain uh, for adults that he thins them out. Yeah. And no reasonable person can read this, thins them out, and not think it means... Yeah, that's, I mean, you thin out the herd. Although my favorite fan theory about Peter Pan is that when they grow up, they become the pirates. And uh, Captain Hook was an original Lost Boy. Oh. Which... But you know, if anybody ever wants to complain <laughs> about people who just basically take creative license with something you love like anything, remember some of those old fables because they are not originally, they're not done how they were originally they're done. Not like, nice. They were the Brothers Grimm, but they yeah. were Grimm fairy oh, tales. they surely will. Snow White did not go hi-ho, hi-ho in a happy way with those dwarves, mm. if you read the original. Yeah. 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 Mm. See, that's mm-hmm. so weird. They, people have been taking creative license with whatever source material for a long time. So, who do you think is really the bad witch in The Wizard of Oz? Uh, it would actually be Glenda the Good Witch. Yes. Yes. So, She's you know, a jerk. it says, We were all duped as children, trained to believe that the Wicked Witch of the West was the villain of The Wizard of Oz. But all along, it was the quote-unquote good witch, Glinda, who was actually responsible for all of Dorothy's problems in Oz. So, after Dorothy's house crushes the Wicked Witch of the East in Oz... Glinda's the one who takes the Wicked Witch's red slippers off her feet, puts them on Dorothy's feet, and of course is going to enrage the Wicked Witch of the West. Yeah, yeah it was the witches getting rid of witches. Right, and it's she's the rightful heir to those red slippers, And but Glinda wanted to pick a fight with the witch, the West Side Witch is witches what they called it. Witches get stitches. Yep. So I'm like, oh, she really did this whole thing. Like, the, yeah. you know, Wicked Witch of the West, is she really to blame? Like, you... My sister was killed by a flying house, and you steal her shoes. Yep. 
Master manipulator right and, there with that, Glenda. And right? even in the, you know, even the the, the character who was the, the mean lady in the neighborhood with the whole dog thing, mm-hmm. the dog was a pain in the ass. I yeah. mean, this poor woman was just like, your freaking dog is coming over and wrecking my stuff. <laughs> and they're just like, oh, deal with it. And she's just like, okay, fine. I guess I'm going to have to take your dog. This is what I got to do. And your little dog. Too. Yeah, I have to say, but I love how it's about... Somebody looks a certain way, especially yeah. in those days. The pretty ones were always the good ones, and the not-so-pretty ones were the enemy. And they used to show you, that's not always true. Mm-hmm. And I love that maybe that might be the deeper story in the old Oz situation. All right. Let me do one more. Mm-hmm. Do you guys like Top Gun? I love Top Gun. Wait Are you going to say Maverick is a jerk? He is what? the bad guy. No. What? Wait a minute. So he's you know Navy pilot Maverick, which is played by Tom Cruise. He doesn't right. listen to authority, even though he's in the actual military. Oh, that's, that's what a good you're point. supposed to do. That's what you're trained to do. And Chain of command. Iceman Val Kilmer tells him the enemy's dangerous, but right now you're worse. That's true. Dangerous and foolish. Yes. And he is, because Maverick is very unsafe when he flies. He wrangles with his father issues and can't control his anger. He's got, you know, he's got a big old ego, and he's writing checks that his body can't cash. And at some point, <laughs> either Maverick has to grow up and act like an adult, or he's going to continue to put himself and his co-pilots in danger, not to mention risking billions of tax dollars and material and yeah. resources. But Vicky, he's got the need. Yes. No, the need for it. speed. <laughs> also known as Poe Dameron. Yes. I was about to say that as well. Like, uh, yeah. Yeah. Just go back and watch The Last Jedi. It really is the Realize. Man, it really is top. It's Top Jedi. <laughs> Uh, definitely check out this list. I'm going to post it on Facebook because we got Peter Parker, V for V and like V and V for Vendetta, Mrs. Doubtfire. Well, some V, we big can see V's kind of a bad guy. Yeah, yeah we got yeah, some yeah. Uh, some other good ones in here. So check it out. And until next time, stay nerdy. <laughs>